Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. How is everybody out there? It has been a wild and wacky week for the New York Mets. How, 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 how can they win five games in a row? Beat the best team in baseball two out of three times, then go to Chicago and drop two out of three games. Don't know why. What's wrong with this team? They sweep the Guardians. Beat Tampa Bay two out of three. Go to Chicago and drop the first two games. And they weren't even close. They take the rubber game. The bats came alive. They made contact. Yes, there was a home run in there, but for the most part, they made contact, scored 10 runs, most of them on keeping the line moving, hit that ball, steal that base, take some chances on the base paths, and voila, they get a win. It's not, it's not a, you know, it's not that difficult to figure out. Except for the Mets, it seems. So they are on to Colorado as we uh, record this podcast. They are starting a series with the Colorado Rockies. Three games. Game one is in session right now as we speak. And the Mets have an early 2 nothing lead. We'll see if that holds up. May well, you know, May well hold up with Max Scherzer pitching, but it is in Colorado. Anything can happen out there. It is crazy. But but what happens to this team? I don't understand it. It is uh, uh, something that is beyond explanation. And I'm not the only one that's asking a question. We got an email from my good friend, Jeff Cohen of Baseball and BBQ, and he writes, how is it possible for the Mets to continually play up or down to their competition? They beat good teams like the Rays, Dodgers, Guardians, and then they lose to the Tigers, Reds, Rockies, Nationals, and the Cubs. Losing to them on Tuesday night was terrible. They had plenty of chances. Couldn't get the big hit. When... The Mets are going right. The other teams need to play to their level, not the other way around. I am playing GM here, Jeff writes, but McGill and Peterson are not the answer. They have shown flashes of being a major league pitcher, but it is just that. Flashes, no consistency at all. Buck knows that. He will be going to the bullpen early in their game. Carlos Carrasco is unfortunately a back end of the rotation pitcher, though he did pitch a good game last night. Let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, Jeff continues on, constantly gives up runs in the first inning, and the Mets are playing from behind. Why not try an opener in his game so he doesn't have to pitch the first or second inning? He can still give you a link, but instead of innings one to five, it will be innings three to seven. Not a bad idea. Hopefully, Gary Sanchez is only here for a short time. Yes, he is. And I hope he does well with the bat, get a few knocks, show the rest of the league he can hit, then trade him 
uh, his butt out of here. And time to say goodbye to Daniel Vogelbach. Undo the trade for Colin Holderman. Yes, he gets on base. Vogelbach does, but really contributes nothing else. Is not driving in runs, which is a big part of the DH position. He can't play the team, uh, the field, and he takes up a roster spot. A glorified pinch hitter, that's all he is. But in order to make, uh, for this team to make any run for the rest of the season and the postseason, the pitching must be more efficient. He goes on in this era of baseball starting. Pitchers generally don't go more than six innings. This taxes the bullpen, and the Mets don't have the bullpen with trusted arms. When it comes to the seventh inning and later, it's hold your breath time. No Gusek. Brigham, Hunter, Leon, Adovino is shaky. Smith is up and down, and the only one who is reliable is Robertson. There is a need to develop quality arms in the minor leagues. By that, I mean train them to stretch out longer. Have pitches throw and go deep into games. The argument there is that pitches will hurt their arms. True, but they are still hurting your arms no matter when they pitch. More injuries are occurring with pitches throwing less. And I think part of that problem, if I may interject here, is that they throw too hard. Everybody is throwing 100% of the, every pitch instead of regulating a little more. Tom Seaver said he never threw over about 90-something percent. Uh, and he saved the rest for when he had to, if he had to, in a game. Um, so you don't have to throw max effort all the time. Just got to control it. In any case, the Mets need to, as Buck says, play better. With bases loaded and no out, put up a crooked number on the scoreboard. Don't only rely on Alonzo to drive and runs. Lindor comes up big once in a while, but looks awful striking out on that low and away pitch. But as always, Mets fans, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And thank you, Jeff, for that. I couldn't agree with you more. Vogelbach has to go. He's taking up space. Uh, he, he, he's just, you know, they talk about versatility. He has no versatility. If he's not driving in runs or hitting for power, which he is not, he's useless. He can't run. He doesn't field and he's not really getting the job done with the bat either. They got to cut him loose. Got to get rid of him. Uh, as far as your comments on Gary Sanchez, Gary Sanchez is bye-bye. The Mets DFA'd Gary Sanchez yesterday, designated for assignment to open up a roster spot for Tomas Nito, who came back uh, to join Francisco Alvarez on the catching core. By dfa Sanchez, the Veteran catches immediately removed from the 40-man roster. The Mets now have seven days to either trade him or place him on waivers. So, so that's the rundown so far. Uh, you know, they've got to make some changes, and, and they'll continue to make the changes. But, uh, you know, the injuries hasn't helped, and, uh, well... 
you know, we've got Tim LaCastro who was sent down uh, on an injury. He got hurt in a rehab assignment. He will have surgery on a torn ulnar collateral ligament in his thumb. And uh, he will be out for quite some time. So we don't have to worry about him coming back. Some disturbing news from down on the farm. Uh, we have a guest tonight, so there'll be no down on the farm tonight. But Mets pitching prospect Mike Vassal left Wednesday's night game for Double A Binghamton with trainers after allowing a leadoff single in the fifth inning. Vassal was selected by New York in the eighth round of the 2021 MLB draft after three seasons at the University of Virginia and has shown promise during his time in the minors. The right-hander entered Wednesday's game with a 2.19 ERA before allowing six runs in just four-plus innings against the Richmond Flying Squirrels, bumping his ERA to 3.29 over eight starts this year. So uh, we do not know anything about what may be wrong with Vassal. No report yet. We will check for that uh, as the uh, night goes on and see if anything comes, but nothing as of now. All right. That will uh, uh, wrap up this part of the show, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with my interview right after these messages. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. Hello, baseball fans. You're listening to Baseball Talk Radio, the home of great baseball talk shows. At BaseballTalkRadio.com, you're going to find great shows like this one with the great Gary Mack and the Mets Musings Podcast. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Mets Musings. And joining me this week is my co-host from the Baseball Talk Radio Show and a fine podcast host in his own right at Phillies Talk. It is Mr. Rich Baxter. Rich, great to have you back on Mets Musings. It's always a pleasure to be on Mets Musings. You're one of my favorite podcasts on the Internet. We've got a big series coming up this week as the Mets and the Phillies go at it for the first time this season. It's, it's a long time coming. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that the Phillies really haven't had too much um, National League East playing. Uh, I believe this weekend was like one of the first times 
that the Phillies have played a National League East opponent all year. It's 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 almost crazy. It, it's the end of May. It's Memorial Day weekend, and the Phillies just for the first time are facing uh, an NL East opponent. I think we played the uh, Miami Marlins earlier in the season. They're the only NL East team that the Phillies have played before last night's first game against Atlanta and then the following series, as you said, with the Phillies and the Mets. Yeah, so they're going to they're gonna get bunched together playing the two top teams in the division as we stand right now. And, Rich, odd that they're not playing on Memorial Day. You know, Memorial Day doubleheader used to be a staple in the world of baseball. Now it's kind of not. Uh, even though technically the, the Mets and Phillies are playing on Memorial Day May 31st, but, you know, what's recognized now is the Monday day uh, as the official uh, uh, holiday, and they're not playing on that. But, uh, Rich, uh, Phillies are, how do I put it, like the Mets, they're struggling a little bit this first part of the season, keeping their heads above water a little bit, uh, but, but it's been a struggle the first half. Well, the first quarter. Yeah, it's been a, a true struggle. The Phillies are currently um, four games under 500 as they go into play tonight against the Atlanta Braves. They're in a four-game series with them. And, yeah, it's been a struggle. I mean, offense at times, pitching certainly, uh, starting pitching has almost deserted this team as well as the bullpen. So, if they can start stitching things together, it's amazing. But I think they should be worse than they are, really. They're they're clinging on, as you said. They're clawing back. But, yeah, they are four games under five hundred as of Memorial Day weekend here. Yeah, as we record this on Friday evening, the 26th. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, the Phillies are 23 and 27. 8 and 14 since they won two in a row in Houston on April 28th and 29th. So it, it, it's been a, a slug. They've had some injury, injuries. Uh, they lost their first baseman early in the season uh, and then lost their second string first baseman and had to make some adjustments from there. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, Reese Hoskins went out before the season started in spring training with an injury he'll be out the whole year and it's been a chore to fill his spot he had a great offensive production for the Phillies and he was counted on for that and you know even though the Phillies did pick up Trey Turner in the offseason they paid him a ton of money he's had a horrendous start for the Phillies um, they were booing him in Philadelphia the other night, really heartily booing him. He was uh, doing terribly. I think he's, um, before tonight's game, he was 3-for-26 with, like, one home run and three RBIs. And this is a guy that's making a ton of money, and I know it doesn't always equate to how much you make to what you should do, but, I mean, the Phillies fans were expecting a lot more from Trey Turner. Uh, of course, your big gun in the lineup, Bryce Harper, started the season on the IL. Uh, with uh, He had Tommy John surgery, 
at uh, when at the end of last year, I believe, after the World Series. And uh, he is now back, but he's designating hitter again. Uh, though I did read somewhere that uh, he's been playing a little bit first base. You think uh, they will eventually try to get him when he can throw a little bit further? I think he was throwing 60 feet last I read. Uh, if they get him up to 90 or 150, then uh, you think they'll try him out at first base? Yeah, possibly um, down the road a little bit uh, when everything evens out for the Phillies, possibly. No big rush to get him back doing that, in my opinion. Uh, he's a great designated hitter. As you said, his uh, current average as we're doing the show is 342. He hit a bomb of a home run last night. Since he's come back to the Phillies, he's brought a nice spark to the team, obviously. Um He's added that extra threat to the lineup, uh, the batter's lineup. And um, Castellanos has done better, and Schwarber has done a little bit better as well with uh, the addition of Harper back into the lineup. So it's been great for the Phillies. Uh, Pretty good for the Phillies. I mean, Schwarber is not hitting for average, but he's, he's, you know, Schwarber's getting his. Uh, hits and RBIs, and uh, uh, Marsh in center field is having a pretty nice year, as is Castellanos. Like you mentioned, he's hitting a little bit better now. Um, Marsh was really a big find. They got him, I believe, last year in a trade with the Angels, and he's really come into his own with the Phillies. Yes, he has. He's been a great addition to the Phillies and uh, great center fielder. And he was injured for a little bit, but he's back. And um, the Phillies need him in the lineup as well. He's been one of the more uh, guys that you could depend on, so to speak, to come through in the clutch. And that's what we've seen so far from the Phillies. They've got a ton of runners in scoring position, but they just can't seem to advance them. So um, they had a threat in Derek Hall. Uh, He was a first baseman. He got injured this year, so he was a long ball threat um, along with Hoskins. So they're on long-term ILs. I doubt we'll see either one for the rest of the season. And uh, the Phillies have needed to fill in. Alec Bohm has done a great job, and he's switched up between different positions. They had him at third, but now they're playing Edmundo Sosa that they picked up um, at third a lot. And Alec Bone can uh, go to first sometimes if needed. So, uh, you know, it's been a chore for the Phillies to fill some open spots and uh, injuries, things like that. But like we keep thinking, and in Phillies fandom, if they can just gel together and start to produce both offense and defense – we might see a better team because so far it's a little disappointing. You know, it's funny uh, the way you explained it because uh, it, it sounds like the Mets a lot. I mean, um, when they get uh, some runs, the pitching goes south. When the, the pitching is on, they're not hitting. Uh, so it, it seems like the teams have the the, the same kind of a problem. Uh, you mentioned before about Trey Turner. 
and uh, getting booed in Philadelphia. A lot of money, and he even admits he's not uh, coming through. Um, You think it's a case of the first year of a big contract, you just want to try to do too much stuff? Probably uh, with him. Um, With Castellanos, last year it was the same thing. Uh, Castellanos got a nice contract. It took him a long time to fall into the Philadelphia way, so to speak. And this year he's been a changed player. He's come out like a ton of bricks uh, on the offense. Totally different player. Uh, Much more of a threat, but... Trey Turner, I, I sort of, with that kind of money that he got, he got triple the amount that Castellanos got. So you would think in relationship he's one of those superstars of the game. I don't think you can call Castellanos that. But um, I don't know. I, I never was a big follower of Trey Turner in his career. I know he played for Washington and then went over to the Dodgers. Uh, but there's a reason why... I don't think that the Dodgers wanted to sign him. Um, And they were known for giving out some big contracts. Maybe they couldn't afford that huge of a contract. But he had a career year with um, L.A. last year, and and they balked on him. So uh, 21 homers and 100 RBIs, which was uh, one of his best seasons in RBIs, Not, not for home runs, but combined he really did well. He was an all-star, uh, silver slugger, and L.A. was, uh, you know, content with seeing him walk. So, Phillies have him now, and uh, they're looking for a little improvement from him. <laughs> they're stuck with him now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As as all the Mets, I mean, we have, you know, uh, uh, Lindor at sec, at shortstop, same kind of deal. I mean, he got a big deal, and... He just looks bad at times this year. I mean, you know, he's striking out a lot and looks awful when he does. I mean, fishing for pitches that, my God, a little league guy I don't think would swing at. And, um, you know, you got to tip your hat sometimes to the pitcher. But, boy, he's struggling this year. And then he'll go have a game where he'll hit a home run and, drive in five runs or something. You know, it, it's weird the way the, uh, the Mets are playing this year so far. But um, let's talk about the pitching. I mean, we have to talk about the pitchers. Uh, Aaron Nola got a little hit around last night by the Atlanta Braves in a wild game. It went back and forth and back and forth. And finally, uh, Atlanta was able to pull ahead and, and hold on and win to beat the Phillies. But um, starting pitching has been a struggle for the Phillies this year. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, Of course, we have Zach Wheeler, familiar to Mets fans, and he's probably been the Phillies' ace over the last two seasons, somebody that you could count on even more a little bit than Aaron Nola. I mean, Nola was the de facto ace of the team before we got Wheeler. Um, But right now I would have to say it's Wheeler, even though um, they're having a very close season so far, both pitchers, not good, mind you. Um, 
But Aaron Nola has been victimized by the home run. He's given up 11 home runs already this season. Uh, Zach Wheeler only four. But, you know, the wins and loss record is where it's at. Wheeler's three and four, and Nola now is four and three. So that was your one-two punch for the Phillies. Um, and that rotation has been kind of ineffective. Aaron Nola with a 4.59 ERA. And Wheeler is sitting at 4.11. So every time they pitch, they're almost giving up at least four runs. Um, and that's that's not going to carry the day for an ace. Another former Met that you have is uh, Taiwan Walker. And uh, he's struggling as well. Walker on the mound for the Phillies as we're doing this podcast. Um going to be his 11th start of the season he's uh three and two currently um with a 5.79 era so he hasn't been very um good with that era as well giving up six runs it's hard for a team to come back if you're giving up six runs a game Well, it was a, a bolstered bullpen this year uh, for the Phillies. And we we were kind of excited when we heard some of the names that the Phillies had signed, uh, Craig Kimbrell being one of them. And he's been good. He's sitting on his 399th save currently. needs one more for 400. So he'll get that pretty soon. But, um, yeah, the, the bullpen as a whole hasn't been very reliable for the Phillies that much uh, so far. We had Gregory Soto, which the Phillies picked up from Detroit on a trade. He's electric. He'll throw 98, 100 miles an hour, but sometimes it's right down the middle of the plate. And like last night with the uh, Atlanta Braves, they took advantage of that and feasted on him, and, you know, he got the loss. So he does... um, Pitch very fast and electric, but good hitters can catch up with them. So uh, it's been a closer by committee so far. There's no real closer on the Phillies team. It's been um, uh, Dominguez some nights, or Anthony uh, Dominguez, and uh, other nights it's been Craig Kimbrell, and then other nights it's Gregory Soto. So there's really not that stopper of a closer quote-unquote on the Phillies yet that that hasn't happened Alvarado he's been uh out with a uh a left uh elbow inflation uh, inflation listen to me and just watching the news inflammation So it, it it seems like the um, the Phillies and the Mets are very very similar this year. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, thank goodness it seems like the Mets.
for for Mets fans have turned it around in the last seven to eight days. I was watching and I was shaking my head. You know, Met fans are going to be uh, mumbling to themselves when you start losing games and games and games. Um, but they turned it around. So baseball can be like that sometimes. Yeah, they turned it around, but they win five in a row and then they lose two out of three to Chicago, uh, which is, you know, uh, it just seems like they have a habit of uh, um, playing down to their competition. And uh, I don't know, the first inning has been a nightmare for all these pitchers. I got to tell you, they have not been able to get out of the first inning at all. Uh, without giving up a, ho- a home run or or a run, and the home run ball, I mean, it's it's like they're playing in Cincinnati or something or Philadelphia. The home run balls, the the pitching staff. I think uh, the Mets have given up the most home runs uh, as a staff in baseball, and you can't win that way. Yeah, it's very difficult to. To do that, and yeah, the NL East is struggling, except for the Braves are currently 11 games over 500, 31 and 19 as of the time we're doing this podcast, and they they hold court there in the NL East. Next is your Mets, followed up with the Marlins, and then the Phillies, and now next week, the two, three, four teams might juggle themselves a little bit, but um I almost kind of prefer it this way. This way, you know, our teams, second, third, and fourth, are still in some sort of race here. Yeah, and, you know, in a way, I, I think what happened to the Mets last year is I think uh, the uh, stress of uh, holding on to first place all year I think it just wore them down, and and the because they couldn't shake the Braves at all, and then at the end of the year, the Braves were just able to pass them, or didn't really even pass them. They tied them, but they couldn't win that one game, the Mets, and and take the division. So maybe uh, maybe you're better off getting the second or third wild card. Look, uh, what did Philly get the last wild card or the next to last last yeah. year, and went all the way to the World Series. So maybe uh, you're in a race, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's a different kind of race than trying to get to the division lead, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a race where as if you can get into the playoffs, then that's a new season. And mm-hmm. as you said, the Phillies excelled in the playoffs, unlike they did all season. It, it all came together for them. Um, they were just unstoppable, it seemed like, or maybe they had a good run. It was their time. Uh, they played the best of, of most of the teams in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, it's a new season when you get to the playoffs and it's a crapshoot. Yep. Yeah, you could so. be one and done. You could be... Uh, you know, you could go deep into the playoffs, and you know, of course, it makes it more interesting when your team does go deeper into the playoffs. Right. Well, Rich, I want to thank you for taking your time out this evening and uh, discussing the Phillies and the Mets uh, with me and uh, 
the good people in Mets Nation, then tell them where we can hear you. Okay, yeah, you can check out Phillies Talk Podcast over at my website at fightinphillies.com. That's without the G, F-I-G-H-T-I-N, phillies.com. And, of course, you can listen to the podcast on all great podcast networks, even the baseballtalkradio.com website. So uh, check it out over there as well. All right, and uh, I will be back right after this. Okay, and we are back, and uh, the latest is that the uh, Mets are now 2-1 to one in the bottom of the second out in Colorado as we record this, so Scherzer gave up a home run. I believe Scherzer's pitching, yeah. And uh, Ryan McMahon hit a home run. Lindor hit a two-run homer in the first to give the Mets a 2 nothing lead, 2-1 to one going into the bottom of the second. And Mike Vassell, by the way, is day-to-day, but there is no report on what is wrong, just that he is day-to-day. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Rich Baxter, once again for coming on the show. Uh, He's a terrific guest, really knows his stuff. Go check him out at fightingphillies.com. And uh, his Phillies Talk podcast is there, as well as his blog. So go check it out. And check us out on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Go check this out. Hit that subscribe button. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the like button and the subscribe button. Let's hope the Mets can take off. They're trying to take off. They just can't get those engines revved up. And and to get good lift on the plane and take off for the top of the National League East. But maybe it'll happen. And until next time, remember to keep the faith. Stay optimistic. And let's go Mets. And I will see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings.